Two hardened New York City narcotics cops are hot on the trail of a massive shipment of heroin being brought into their city by some French nationals. Can they make the connection and stop the drugs from polluting their city? It's up to Jimmy Popeye Doyle and Buddy Cloudy Russo to take down the bad guys using any means necessary in this Oscar-winning 70s classic directed by Exorcist director William Friedkin, 1971's The French Connection. I'm Connor Zagari. And I'm Austin Johnson. And you're listening to Filmgasm. Happy Friday, listeners. Hope you enjoyed our Exorcist episode this past Wednesday. Today we're diving into the film that won William Friedkin an Oscar for Best Director. The French Connection is loosely based on a real-life case headed up by real-life narcotics cops Eddie Egan and Sonny Grosso, the inspiration for Popeye Doyle and Cloudy Russo. In real life, in the 60s and 70s, most of the heroin imported into the East Coast of the U.S. came from France. The film is based on the nonfiction book of the same name by Robin Moore that tells the story of this big bust. The film had one sequel, 1975's French Connection 2, which sees Gene Hackman returning as Popeye Doyle, who travels to Marseille to finally catch Elaine Charnay, the drug smuggler who got away. IMDb score 6.8, Rotten Tomatoes score 78%, so still a favorable sequel. Yes. Rare for something like that. Just just not as, uh, obviously not as strong as... No. Yeah. It's but not, not it. easy to do, yeah. Our two main stars are Oscar winner Gene Hackman and Oscar nominee Roy Scheider. Woo! Hackman has won two Oscars in his career, one for The French Connection and another for 1992's Unforgiven. He's been nominated an additional three times for his performances in 1967's Bonnie and Clyde, 1970's I Never Sang for My Father, and 1988's Mississippi Burning. Some of his other films include Superman, The Quick and the Dead, The Royal Tenenbaums, The Poseidon Adventure, and Hoosiers. Hackman retired from acting in 2004, and he hasn't been seen in the public eye since. He could be dead for all we know. Honestly, he just vanished. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. Indeed he did. What would you say? Is this your favorite Gene Hackman role? Oof. I love the conversation, man. <laughs> but no, I would say Royal Tenenbaum is my favorite role of his. This character, Popeye, I think is a good starting point to talk about the French Connection. Okay. Is terrible. Popeye sucks. Oh, he's, a, he's a terrible person. Popeye is racist. Popeye is fucking trigger happy, obviously. He, yeah, he's, to me, yeah, terrible. Irredeemable, you know, no redeemable qualities. Um, just, yeah, not a cool guy. No. But a fascinating character to watch, especially when he's chasing French guys in downtown New York City on subways. <laughs> Holy shit. And Gene Hackman... <laughs> Is, yeah, this, this, Bonnie and Clyde, this, and the conversation is an unbelievable, you know, like seven-year stunt. And then, you know, the longevity, he's nominated in the 80s and the 90s, and then Royal Tenenbaums in 2001, and then, yeah, like he said, he just vanishes. I love his career. I think it's fascinating as hell. Um, you would think that I'd love Hoosiers because it's a basketball movie. I think that movie is utter garbage <laughs> on a pile of shit that he really just... I wish he wasn't a part of the movie. <laughs> that movie is terrible. Damn. Not only is his character racist, the movie is racist. Terrible. Hoosiers is trash. 
I see it. I see it too many times on like lists for like best sports movies or best basketball movies, and I'm like, no, <laughs> fuck no, they're wrong. Hoosiers is bad. Don't watch it. Zero out of ten recommendation. Uh, but yeah, Gina. Yeah, I, th- this in the conversation. Yeah, would be my top two. The conversation. I like his character where his character's like losing his mind, you know. And the French Connection. We see that a little bit too, where he's just. I got to get these guys, you know? Yeah. Even if it's, you know, I love when he, t- he's like, what time is it? And cloudy's like, uh, 10 after four, you know, they've been there for four hours, just, you know, on the stakeout watching these guys, his dedication, his commitment, he's kind of annoying, but you can't stop watching him, you know? And I think that's why a, a sequel was made because that character is so, so damn appealing. Uh, even if he sucks, uh, even if he is a, yeah, he's like racist at the beginning of the movie. You know, we see him in this, the Santa outfit and he chases that, that black guy down and he's just, he's just racist towards him. He treats him like dog shit. Uh, there's people in a bar, black people in a bar that he treats like dog shit. There's, um, towards the end of the film, he treats those guys who are, um, actually not doing the drug bust. You know what I'm talking about? They're, yeah, they're just doing shit with cars and he calls them a fucking derogatory term. He, he keeps doing that over and over and you're like, Oh yeah, it's it's the seventies, and he's a cop in New York City. Oh yeah, not a cool place, you know. Ooh, not a cool time. Uh, New York City has always, obviously, there's just so many damn people, so many different cultures. Uh, the cops are going to be shitty, you know. Yeah, uh, that's how Especially it is. At the time when you know in the seventies, New York City was a dangerous fucking place. Yeah, exactly. So you got like uh, you know cops like Popeye and Cloudy who are yeah, there's there's no shit style cops. They're like yeah. I'm going to do it my way. Or, you know, my way or the highway, bitch. You know, they're just, they're relentless. Yeah. Uh, they're so much fun to watch, man. I, Roy Scheider, she's Louise, dude. Another guy who just didn't get his, you know, I, his 70s run obviously is great. You know, you have Jaws in 75 and all that jazz. and But he just kind of, you know, didn't get his, didn't totally get his due in my opinion. And I don't know what happened in his career. It's really weird. I honestly think Jaws is what happened. I, I guess. But then all that jazz comes out four years after that. I don't know. And he's amazing in that. Mm. It is a really weird movie. And I guess it doesn't have like a huge audience. But yeah, I guess Jaws. And then I don't know, man. It's weird. Fascinating. <laughs> but these two, they're so good together. They are. Gene, Gene and Roy is a you match. You get saving partners for years. Yeah, it's a match made in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> and you got so many times where Cloudy's like, calm down, Papa. That's <laughs> great. Ah, love, Cla- love Cloudy. <laughs> So Roy Scheider was nominated for two Oscars, one for The French Connection and another for 1979's All That Jazz. Yeah. He's also appeared in Blue Thunder, Marathon Man, oh. The Rainmaker, The Punisher, and of course, iconic horror flick and past filmgasm topic, Jaws. Yeah. He died in 2008 at age 75 from multiple myeloma. And I recently did watch Marathon Man. Dude. He's fucking great in that, too. Marathon Man's awesome. Yeah, I forgot about that. I mean, yeah. His, 70, his, dec- his 70s decade is... Oh my God! It's like, it's like right up there with like Jack and 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 Gene. You know, it's like with those guys. It's like what the hell? He's right. He's in all those. You know, he's he's the guy in Jaws. He's carrying Jaws. What the hell? I don't know if I would say he's carrying Jaws. Not with Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfuss. Technically, he is though, because he's like he has more screen time. He does, but I think that's a a three person game. I like Shaw and Dreyfuss better. Like I like their performances better. But he's there from the beginning of the film till the end. You're on that ride with with what he's with our Shire. hero, yes, but that movie does not exist without Richard Dreyfuss and Robert Shaw. Nor does it exist without Roy Scheider. True, I'm not arguing his. He is definitely important to that movie, but so are Dreyfuss and Shaw. Agreed, agreed. He lives though. He lives. 
Well, so does Dreyfus. Shaw does not. <laughs> no, I, he's the lead. He's the lead. Yes. He carries. He carries possibly the greatest film of all time. You know, that's just. Well, yeah. Well, we talked about that when we did Jaws. We did. We did. Can anyone argue with me if I say Jaws is the best movie? Can I argue with anyone else if they say Jaws is the best movie? No. It's. it's I can't. It's definitely in the wrong. It's one of those. It's one of those. If you say it, it's like, yeah. I mean, I can't deny you. I also can't. I also can't prove it to you because there's no way to do that. I just. Jaws is perfect. It is perfection. And Roy Scheider happens to be the lead role in it. (laughs) Probably could have been someone else. It probably could be interchangeable. Whereas Shaw, not interchangeable. Dreyfus, not interchangeable. I agree with you on that. They're probably more valuable to that particular character. Yeah. But again, Scheider's the lead. It's crazy. It's just wild to think about that. Yeah, his career just fizzled out. And he was that guy. I wonder why. I wonder if we did some research... We will. I we think find I've out. always wanted to like read more about him. Yeah. And, and, and find out exactly. Yeah. What, what happened? I don't know. Maybe he, he burned some bridges or something. Maybe, maybe he got sick of it or maybe, yeah, who knows? Maybe. I mean, that's it. That's a, that's a long decade. I don't think he got sick of it because he still kept acting. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. He kept, yeah. kept, at, stayed in the industry. He was just he just never wasn't, as big as he could have been. No, not, not, not as good of roles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Strange. The French Connection has an IMDb score of 7.7, Rotten Tomatoes score of 98%. It was a big success, grossing $78 million on a budget of $1.8 million. It won five Oscars, Best Picture, Best Actor for Gene Hackman, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Film Editing. It was nominated for three more, Best Supporting Actor for Roy Scheider, Best Cinematography, and Best Sound Mixing. And without further ado, let's get into the plot of this mofo. Jeez Louise, man. <laughs> what a performance at that 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 Oscars! Oh my God, unbelievable! Yeah. All right. Well, uh, so yeah, we start off in the beautiful city of Marseille, France. Have you ever been to France? No, I've not. You've got to go, Regrettably. man. Incredibly. Yeah, I know you've you've gotten to travel to Europe. Uh, I've traveled to the UK. I haven't traveled. You haven't been anywhere else? Not in, yet. Yeah. Oh man, France. My family uh, grew up in Germany. Yeah. And unfortunately, they left before I was born, so I never got to see Germany. You gotta go, yeah. I want to. Yeah. I very much want to visit mainland Europe. I've been to Munich and Berlin in Germany, and both of them were, yeah, like fantastic, like wonderful places to visit. I bet. Uh, anyway, yes, yeah, so we're in France here, Marseille. Undercover police detective follows Alain Charnier, who runs the world's largest heroin smuggling syndicate. It's so smug about it. Too. I know. I, the Just the fucking, wave on the subway, the like cane, the cane too. Ugh. Oh, you bastard, motherfucker. <laughs> The, like, Laurel and Hardy sketch that they have going on in the subway when he keeps getting on and off. So good. My favorite part, without a doubt. <laughs> I think so. I think me too. It's the most rewatchable where you're like, God, this is so good. <laughs> it's just juicy, you know? Jesus. It's got everything you need. <clears throat> the policeman is assassinated by Charnier's hitman, Pierre Nicoli. Frightening character. Haircut. Outfit. Accent. Oh, you know, he's... You can tell this guy takes no shit, you know? Uh... Yeah, man, and that's a great scene when him and him and Popeye are <laughs> playing cat and mouse. That's also Fuck fun yeah. as shit too. This movie doesn't stop. No, it's great. So Charnier has a huge, you know, huge plans to smuggle thirty-two million dollars worth of heroin. This is into New York. This is in nineteen sixty-nine. The book was in nineteen sixty-nine. The film here in nineteen seventy-one. Uh, come on, thirty-two million dollars is. Massive, yeah. massive deal this today. Was back, this was back this when thirty-two million dollars was a lot of money. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not just something you talked about for a budget for like Ford versus Ferrari. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Come on, damn. <laughs> uh, and he, you know, he wants to smuggle this into the United States, of course. 
and he wants to hide it into a car of an unspe- unsuspecting friend, television personality, hilarious performance. Uh, who, what's that guy's name? Uh, he, he plays Henry uh, Devereaux. Is, he's like a TV personality, this celebrity, and he's traveling to New York City by ship already. I can't remember the actor's name, but he's, he gives a really funny performance. He's not on the screen a lot. Uh, Fred we- Frederic de Pascal. Yeah, he's great, man. <laughs> he adds he adds this kind of flair to each scene where he's like so clueless. <laughs> where everybody else is in this game, you know, this this like just straight up these monster, monster, like mobster drug dealers and these two cops are like, we're doing this. And then he, you like throw him in the ring. It's just funny. <laughs> I love the way they hide it in the car. Yeah. It's oh, the man. most brilliant. I, I honestly was like, fuck, they're not going to find anything. And I know. They're going to get in trouble here. But then they, they find it in like the, the lining. Brilliant. Genius. How much? I didn't know you could shove that much heroin into the side I of love the car. that. I love how Cloudy's like, how much did the car weigh? That I, whole, uh, all of that is just, oh, man. That's police. Come on, Irv. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So, back in New York City, detectives Jimmy, Jimmy Popeye Doyle, that's Gene Hackman, and buddy Cloudy Russo, there's Roy Scheider, they go out for drinks at a Coco Cabana. Popeye notices our boy Sal Boca, also a great performance, and his young wife Angie, and they're at, a, you know, they're at this restaurant having drinks, entertaining, entertaining mobsters, who Popeye immediately is like, oh boy, like I see... He like lights up because he's like, yes, you know, I, have, I have like a purpose. <laughs> I see some, you know, I see some dirt over there, you know, mm. and you know, cloud. You immediately get the sense that Cloudy's like, I thought we came here to get a drink, you know, and like, what are we doing here? I thought I thought we were just hanging out. <laughs> Popeye is always a cop. Yeah, he doesn't know how to turn it off. Yep, Cloudy does from what we can see for the most part, but Popeye is like always clocked in, always ready to go. Find the bad guys. Is that before or after the scene with the Santa suit? That's that's right after. Okay. Yeah, so the beginning of the film, yeah, opens up. It doesn't quite say it right here. Yeah. Uh, opens up with, like, like, the first time we see Popeye is him literally in a Santa suit, full Santa suit, chasing somebody down the street in the middle of New York City. And it is epic. And there's some shots there where, you know, it, the camera's, boom, moving out wide shots, and you can see New York. And it, you just don't see stuff like that today. I, I'm still blown away by, by the work here. You know, I, I think Friedkin has an eye. You know, there's a reason we just talked about The Exorcist. Uh, the reason, like, that's stood so long as a horror movie is because of the, the direction of it, I think. Yeah. Same with French Connection. You may not love, like, certain aspects of it. I think the ending is something that a lot of people talk about, obviously. Yeah. But the direction and the way it's just cut and designed and edited is so stellar. Looks so pretty. And, the, and that is... That scene of him running, it's like, cop, I'm in. I don't care how long this movie is. I'm, I'm in. I'm ready to watch whatever he's, whatever this fucker's up to. So cool. How, how did you feel? Because this is your first time seeing it. Yeah, I was immediately in the action. I was like, okay, yeah. this guy means business. And then he caught the guy, and he's like, oh, he's also a fucking asshole. Yes, he's a racist. Extremely. Yes. Like, he's a New York cop, yeah, without a like doubt. Beating, beating this guy up. Yeah. NYPD, yeah. right there. Yes. And he asked him that question. You pick your feet in Poughkeepsie. And I was like, I was the whole movie. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? And I looked into it and it's a question to throw the perp off. Yes. Because the question's so weird that they're going to be so freaked out and uncomfortable. Exactly. Answer the other cops rational questions. Yes. That's fucking brilliant. Oh, Popeye and Cloudy. (laughs) They know, like you said, they've been, they've obviously been partners for a long time. They know what they're fucking doing. Oh yeah. They're a, they're a team. And and you you said it best. You're in the action immediately. You're like, 
you're in. Let's go. Yeah. Even if they're not cool dudes, they're not cool cops, you're in. You're there is very little setup to this movie. It's like the no. movie's already been going and you're just dropped into it. Yeah. And there is no... This movie doesn't really have like... Here's what's going on with Popeye. It doesn't hit the beats that you usually get from... No. You, you get the occasional look into Popeye's personal life. Yeah. And you, you kind of don't want to know more. No, exactly. Yeah. They should. Like, he doesn't have one, basically. This is his He's always a cop. Life. Yeah, he's a cop. Oh, man. It's great. <laughs> so, as I was saying, you know, Bo- Boca, here's this guy that they recognize, a local guy who's, who's entertaining mobsters at a restaurant. Yeah. It sparks their attention, you know, it gets their attention. So they tail the couple, Sal and his wife. And establish a link between the Bocas and a lawyer named Joel Weinstock, shady ass character, <laughs> who's a part of the Narcotics Underworld. Of course. Yeah, I mean, pst, come on. Yeah. He's a, you know, lawyer for these fucking crooks, you know, he's probably gonna be a part of it as well, you know. <clears throat> so Popeye learns from an informant that a massive shipment of heroin. I love that scene. Oh, man. <laughs> will arrive the next two weeks. When he wraps the bar. Dude. Oh, throws man. that guy in the back like you motherfucker he's like so what do you got for me yeah 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 <laughs> i was like yeah yeah because right. yeah, you're, you're like man this guy's really racist and yeah. then yeah and then you're like okay he's he's racist but like all right he's, he, his, <laughs> he's got his guy <laughs> that's a great scene and to be fair most of those guys were holding oh my god so yeah. i mean he's still doing his job yeah i mean he's well, not yeah. doing it in the best and I, way and again it's like you uh, man it is so hard to put yourself in the shoes of a cop in the 70s of new york city where you're just like, everybody sucks. <laughs> like, everybody hates you sucks. and everybody's breaking the law. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whether they're holding something they shouldn't be holding or yeah, throwing something at you or yeah, fucking wild shit going on there, man. <laughs> oh, man. So <laughs> the two detectives, Popeye and Cloudy, they convince their supervisor to wire, wiretap Boca's phones. I love that. Because the supervisor's like, look, you've been wrong every other time. Why the fuck should I trust you this yeah, time? Yeah, you guys are fucking always, you know, in over your heads on this yeah. shit. Yeah, y'all are both way too, <laughs> way too aggressive on this shit. It's like every cop show, you know, the commissioner's going to have my ass in a sling. Like, yeah. every t- <laughs> I typically would hate these kind of movies. Just like buddy, buddy, cop, you know. I know. But it's just so good. It's constructed so well. <laughs> So they wiretap the phones. Buddy, uh, Popeye and Cloudy are joined by federal agents Muldrig and Klein. What do you think of these guys? They're in the way. Right? They're, they're a fucking hindrance. Fuck these guys. The feds are always in the way in these kind of movies. Yeah, and they don't know what they're doing. No. And they... they, they this is Popeye's case, goddammit. Yeah, it. when Popeye, you know, gets heated and starts talking about like, oh, like we got... And they, you know, they tell him to calm down and stuff. Don't tell me to calm down. <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with Popeye there. Yeah. What's my case. I know what's going on here. There's $32 million at stake. Come on. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I, Gene Hackman's really good at like abrupt freakouts. Oh yeah, abrupt like because he's that's what he is. Y- yes, that's his personality. Yes, and he's good at you know the conversation has some scenes where he's just exquisite. And then I point to you know Royal Tenenbaums. I love that character because he, yeah, he just flips on a dime doing these weird, different. And, and, you know, this is the first. This is like the oldest film I see in him. I guess besides uh, Bonnie and Clyde. So you know, I just. He's just—he was such a good actor at this age, at this time. I totally believe that—that that he's just, you know, he is the shitty cop. Yeah. And Gene Hackman is this, like you said, this is him. <laughs> this is him. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Not bad for sixth choice for the role. Jesus Christ, yeah. <laughs> I'd say I'd say it worked out all right. Oh yeah, man. So remember that um, celebrity from France that we were talking about? That's going to be a part of this whole. Well, he's back. His, arri- his vehicle arrives in New York City. 
But Boca is impatient to make the purchase as he he's kind of just a normal guy. Yeah, as normal as you can be in this world. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, uh, you know, he starts kind of getting paranoid. I think at one point, Shrenier says, you see a policeman in his soup. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he, te- he tells Nicole that. Nicole's like, ah, yeah, I don't trust him. <laughs> oh, man, so good. <clears throat> we also have a cool scene when Charnier goes and visits Nicole on that island. Yeah. And that's when he, Nicole shares his thoughts about the celebrity. And he's like, I don't trust him, man. I don't think he's up. You know, I don't think he's cut out for it. He was right. <laughs> you know, you should probably should have trusted Nicole on that one. Uh, but that, that's a really cool scene. Beautiful. It's like, oh, really? We're going to go to this set location just for that five minute scene. Hats off to you, freaking. That's, that's great stuff, man. So, his vehicle arrives in New York City. Like I said, Boca's getting paranoid. He's impatient to make the purchase, reflecting Charnier's desire to return to France as soon as possible, while Weinstock, the lawyer, with more experiences in smuggling, urges him to be patient, which is big. It's big for Boca. He needs that. Because Angie's wife's not going to give it to him. <laughs> She's just like, ah, oh, what's going on? Knowing Boca's phone is tapped and that they are being investigated. So, it kind of becomes a, like, we know, they know, we know, they know, everyone, all right. Let's just uh, continue on. Continue on doing our thing. Uh, we'll beat them. You know, we'll beat them yeah. to the punch. Uh, Nicole is very convinced that he, that they can get all these things done within a certain amount of time and that they're leaving on Friday. You know, there's only like a few days before they leave to go back to France. They've, you get the feeling they've done this so many times. Yes. That this is not, this is nothing special for them. No. This is routine. And yeah. there's other new people who are fucking this up for them. Yeah. And they're trying. Straight up. You know, they're expecting this to just work out. Whereas everybody else is realizing, like, you know, what are we fucking in on here? And I love that. Oh, They're yeah. They're so arrogant that they don't even care. Especially Charnay. Oh, man. yeah, The way he walks around, yeah. He I mean, carries himself like he's king of, you know, king shit of fuck mountain. It's amazing. Jesus. God, man. Love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. So, Charnier, here we go. This is This is a big... Big, uh, like, just cinematic moment, you know. Charnier realizes he's being observed by by our man Popeye. <laughs> and he make he makes Popeye. Popeye says this. Yeah. Make it mean he, he makes him out to be a cop, makes yeah. him out to be someone who's following him, who's tailing him. Blew his cover. And uh, Charnier escapes, but I, I want to get into, like, the, the, the nitty-gritty of this scene. So we have, you know, at one point he goes into a flower shop. And disappears out the back door. And uh, Popeye, like, chases him around the back. And then he goes down a subway and back up it. And he's back on the street. And then down a subway again. Now he's by it. Gets on the train. Gets off. Gets back on the train. Gets off. <laughs> stays off. The train leaves. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you see, at one point, Popeye's getting, like, a fucking snow cone. Yeah. And he's, like, you know, looking around, you know, looking back at him. And then they play this cat and mouse. And then finally, is on the train. And, you know, Popeye's not. And he's yelling... He's wanted by the police. He's wanted by the police. Throws his hat and his gloves down. Shrenier's gone and waves by. Ugh. And it is just like, gives me the chills. <laughs> it is breathtaking. It's like the Sherlock music, and Moriarty The music right is like, just doesn't quite swelter ever. It just stays at this weird tempo, kind of making it creepy almost. Where you're so focused on these two guys. And there's hundreds, hundreds of human beings going, blah, 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 blah but you're just watching these two guys. Like they're just above everybody else. You know, they're, they're like heightened and, oh man, <laughs> it's so convincing. And yeah, that smile and wave from him is Ugh. such a good touch. Cause I'll he's say, like, Ugh. I know, I know what you're doing. It I, pissed me off so much. <laughs> Jesus. 
I love it, man. Especially knowing now, like, he's going to fucking get away with this. Yes. Yes. Son of a bitch. Oh, man. <laughs> so, Chernier starts to stay, you know, ahead of the, ahead of the police. He, to avoid being tailed, he has Boca meet him in Washington, D.C., where Boca asks for a delay to avoid the police. Again, you know, he's paranoid. He's you know, dealing with more. This is not, this is not his first time at the rodeo like all these other guys. <laughs> oh, man. Can you imagine being in that spot? Jeez. I you're just like working at a restaurant and all of a sudden, you're you know. Neck deep in a heroin deal? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. I hope yeah. I'm never in that situation. God. I hope I'm not stupid enough to get myself in that situation. <laughs> God. So, Charnier wants to conclude this deal very quickly. He wants to get it done. $32 million at stake. Like I said, he, they want to get out by Friday. And that's where we have Charnier. They're on a flight back to New York City. And Nicole offers to kill Popeye. Yeah. He says, I'll take care of him, man. And Charnier's like, nah, we, don't, we don't need to. There's always going to be another cop. You know, There's always going to be another good guy who's trying to be the hero. Uh, which is so fascinating. In this movie, you have that perspective from the bad guys. who are just like, ah, it's just another fucking cop. He's not Popeye. To us, he's Popeye. But to them, he's, who cares about this guy? But he's little do they know that this guy is relentless. You know, little do they know that Cloudy and him are, they're, they're coming. They're not going to stop until they're, they, they find them. <laughs> so, you know, Nicole insists. He's like, I'm going, I want to do this. Not only would this be good for us, I want to do it. I don't see how it would be good for them. Ultimately. Neither do I. Bring Neither do I. Heat. Neither do I. It, to me, is a waste of energy. Yeah, this person. You could have you gotten this done quicker and just gotten out of there, in my opinion. Yeah. Why not leave on Thursday instead of Friday, is my idea, if you're a good yeah. drug dealer. Nicole wants him dead for personal reasons. Yes. Yeah, he's yeah, too he, good. And he's, he's like, look, we'll, we'll be back in France before they even have a replacement assigned. Before they even get a guy to replace Popeye. <laughs> like, Cloudy's not here. Get the hell out of here. Roy Scheider, come on now. <laughs> Like he, like Roy Schroeder hasn't fucking killed a giant ass shark. Come on. Respect Roy. <laughs> God damn it. Soon after, Nicole attempts to shoot Popeye, but misses. And then, you know, okay, come on. We got to get, we got Nicole <laughs> up. This is like, this is like out of the wire or something. It's like, we're in like fucking the ghetto high rises and there's these apartments and you get Nicole fucking shooting down at, at him and then, you know, and it, Popeye's like, oh, here we go. Like, it's almost like he wants this. He's like, it's, he wants someone to throw the punch at him. So he's like, let's play. Yeah. You know? Let's play. Like, I want you to shoot at me. <laughs> he's so crazy. And he starts, you know, fucking lying in the wall. And he goes, you know, goes up the stairs. And then he sees him down running. And he's like, let's go. And the chase <laughs> is on again. Another chase. As if we didn't just have maybe the best chase scene in all of cinematic history. Let's get another one. With a, with a guy who has a gun. <laughs> Who is, you know, intent, his intent is to kill Popeye. So these these two now are essentially playing chicken. They want to kill each other. He's been shot at. Popeye's been shot at. Now it's like fucking open season, baby. Like, I can shoot at you now. I hope you know that. I'm fucking Popeye. <laughs> oh, man, it's great. So, like I said, Popeye chases Nicole. And we have another train scene where I love this because we have the double take. We have... We have our man Popeye looking out on the platform and he, he's, he's scanning and there's not a lot of people scanning, scanning. And then he, you know, does the double take and he sees a body hiding behind a post and he's like, oh, there he is, you know. But then the train passes and he can't see him and he's yelling, hey, 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 yelling at Nicole and Nicole gets on the train and starts moving forward, you know, starts like with intent, has his gun out, you know, yeah. people are freaking out. Uh, and where are you at that point? Are you like, 
Because you don't really have any time to focus on anything else. You're just like, oh my God, Popeye's got to kill this guy. Yeah. What do you I'm mean? invested. I was waiting for, like, who's the first bystander who's going to bite it here? Yeah. Like, someone's not going to make it out of this. And uh, who's going to, honestly, I was like, who's going to be the one who fires that shot? Is it going to be Nicole or Popeye? Yeah. Is Popeye so fucking desperate? I feel like he will carve through these people. And And Popeye goes, man. What he does in that car, how fast he's driving and recklessly he's driving in that car just to stay with that train is insane. Is insanity from a policeman. <laughs> he's putting so many people in danger. And, and, but he's like, he's, he's got to get there. He's got to find this guy who shot at him. I love it. Like, he takes that guy's car. Police emergency, I need your car. And the guy's like, well, when can I get it back? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> meet you back here in 10? Yeah. What the fuck does... Jesus. <laughs> I love that Friedkin had no permits to film in like a chase scene in New York city. So he just strapped a camera to a stunt car and drove that shit and just went for it. Yeah. He was filming most of that because he didn't have a wife and kids. And so all the other cool. cin- the cinematographer and the ADs, they did have families. So he's like, fuck it. I'll take this one. And they just Hackman drove some of it. And the stunt guy drove some of it, but they drove through New York city with a camera on the back of the fucking just, car. You could fucking never do that. now. Like seventies no. New York was a lawless fucking wasteland. Yeah. It's like Mad Max. <laughs> Oh Crazy. Ah, jeez. So, Nicole obviously knows he's being chased, of course. And he literally moves his way through the carriages and he shoots, shoots like a policeman that's on board because he tries to intervene. And he's like, you know, I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm surviving. And then he fucking, you know, hijacks the conductor at gunpoint. You know, he's yeah. like, all right, man, I'm going to tell you where, we, where we're going now. Um, I am a weird French guy. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, it's just... <laughs> It's insanity. What's going through that conductor's head? Like, what the hell? I thought this was a normal Tuesday. Nope. <laughs> it's insane. So, you know, they drive through the next station. They don't stop. Uh, you know, and he shoots the current train conductor. Uh, Nicole does. I, that's, he's counting, his body's stacking up now, these innocent people, just because he's got this Popeye guy chasing him. It is insanity. The motorman passes out. And they're just about to slam into a stationary train when an emergency trackside break engages, hurling the assassin against a glass window. Crazy scene. Because you're like, oh, shit, that's, that's like this guy who's like so arrogant and so confident about killing Popeye. And here he's, boom, flying you know, in the subway. And he's like kind of powerless for a moment. I love that. And we also saw this in New Jack City. Oh, yes. It's, um, there are certain movies that can only be filmed in New York because New York is a character all itself. And this movie really does that with the subway, like utilizing the subway and the crazy, you know, streets of New York City and just the way it's laid out, the people. You couldn't do this in like Chicago. Like this movie works in New York because these are New York cops and this is a New York subway. Yes. And it you believe it. Yeah. It works. I love 100%. it. hundred percent. hundred percent. It is. Yeah. So convincing. It's awesome. And then this, this is, this is like the climax for, a lot of people where it's like on the poster and you have Popeye finally seeing Nicole because he's obviously off the train now because the train's fucked and he, you see Nicole going up those stairs and you have Popeye behind him and he says, you know, Hey, and when he turns, he just shoots him in the back. It happens so abruptly, so suddenly it's shocking. It's shocking to see from this kind of a movie, this big of a movie, this best, best picture winner, you go back and watch it now, you know, and you're like, man, the balls in this film to do that, you know, to do that. Like the, the here. And, and then fucking Popeye just kind of sits down on the, like the last stair. 
And he's like, oh, Jesus, what a day. <laughs> oh, my God, you know. Yeah. And it, I'm, like, exhausted at that point. And there's still a good amount of movie left, you know. It's, what what a scene. That chase. It's pretty Those remarkable. two chases are, are brilliant. Probably my two favorite chases in any movie ever, and they happen to be in the same one. It's pretty <laughs> pretty amazing. So, Nicole is dead. Popeye got him. We, we all saw that coming, I think. Uh, at some point, we knew Popeye was going to get his. Yeah. It's just too resilient. So now, Popeye, uh, you know, has to go on a you know stakeout because he's still got work to do on this car, on our celebrity uh, Duvero's car. The It's a Lincoln Continental. <laughs> and he and his team... They take they take it completely apart. This is what you're referring to earlier, the genius of hiding it in this car, and it's in that panel. You know, this is a long, this is a decent, decently long scene where they're like really looking through the entire car, and you really feel it. Yeah, you feel Popeye, and he's got his cigarette, and he's got his hat on, and he takes off his jacket, and then he takes off his tie, and you slowly, you like feel the hours adding up. You're thinking like they're not gonna find like Dick. holy shit, man! Like Charnier's just a step ahead. Yeah, like he just put it somewhere completely but, different, and he did, but. He did, but... Cloudy's too smart for him. Cl- Cloudy is looking at some documents, and Cloudy says, what was the weight of the car? You know, when it, and they realize it's, what, what, it's like a full 20 pounds? Like 120 pounds. Yeah. Like a significant amount. Yeah, because it's 60 kilos. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Yeah. And they're like, it's got to be in there, man. I hope the guy's like, well, I checked everything except this one part. And they're like, are you fucking kidding me? And Check the, that part. And that's when... <laughs> and that, yeah, that's, that's when we have Popeye, come on, Earth! <laughs> Irv, like, just, just opened up, like, a Coke can, and he's just ready to chill out. He's like, ah, oh, this car, like, I looked through all of it for hours, and he's like, ah, oh, well, there's one little place. <laughs> Come on, Irv, like, this is a big fucking deal, man. We're talking about 60 kilos of heroin. <laughs> this could ruin our city. What are you doing? And they find it. They find it. Sure as hell. It's stuffed in there. Brilliant, you know, perfectly, you know. They open the panel, and they, there's, like, a little bit of, you know, there's, like, another material a little bit above it, and then they pull out, yeah. Drugs, drugs, drugs. So and you're like, holy shit. You've been waiting to see that heroin. You've been waiting to see, like, the evidence. You know, like, the yeah. there it is. Well, I love when uh, Cloudy gives the guy's car back. I, how the hell did they rebuild that car? They ripped that thing to shreds. I love, I love, ah, uh, Roy Scheider right there is stellar. When he yeah. goes back in, he's just kind of, just kind of trolling this celebrity, you know? <laughs> Who's like really upset about how like oh we've gone this and that in this place? Don't you realize this is a very important you know visitor to the United States? Like fuck off, you know, get out of here. <laughs> Charnier was saying the whole movie how he like needs money because he's not been able to have enough work and he's the celebrity. It's so funny. <laughs> that character cracks me up. <laughs> oh man. So you know, the rocker panels are removed. They discover the heroin. Replace, restore the car. They give it back to Devereaux. Who delivers the, you know, Lincoln back to Charnier. Charnier drives to an old factory on Ward Island to meet Weinstock and deliver the drugs. Ha! What drugs? <laughs> After Charnier has the rocker panels removed, Weinstock's chemist tests one of the bags and confirms its quality. Very, very high quality. Like, I think it's like, the percentage is something it's like 89 Yeah. Like, yeah, this is like Heisenberg was, shit. Yeah, good shit. Yeah, if Heisenberg made heroin, this is the grade it would be. Hell yeah. You're goddamn right. Hell, I am the one who knocks. <laughs> you know, Charnier removes the drugs and then hides the money in the same split, same place, concealing it beneath the rocker panels of another car purchased at an auction of junk cars. So he likes that spot. Likes those, uh, he likes those rocker panels. Which he will take back to France with him. Charnier and Sal drive off in the Lincoln, 
but hit a roadblock with a large contingent of police led by Popeye. I love Hello. that little <laughs> wave of like, hey. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? Fuck yes. The police chase Lincoln back to the factory where Boca is killed during a shootout while most of the other criminals surrender. Hilarious. They're all like, oh, fuck. <laughs> There's one guy, he's just like, right, like he has just no chance. <laughs> It's just funny watching like these guys, they're all, you know, they, they think they're about to have the deal of their lives. You know, Popeye's like, yeah, that's what I came here to do. But there's more work to do. A lot of more work to do. That doesn't quite get done. Charnier escapes into the warehouse. This is what we want. We're like, look, there's a building. Go in there so we can have another cool shootout or something. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, here comes the climax. Popeye and Cloudy follow of course, in pursuit. And Popeye sees a shadowy figure in the distance and just fucking opens fire. Uh, all six shots. No warning. No warning. And he fucking kills the Fed, Mulderig. Oof. Undaunted, Popeye tells Cloudy that he will get Charnier. After reloading his gun, Popeye runs into another room and a single gunshot is heard. Cloudy is now with him. Title cards note that Weinstock was indicted. The movie has ended... I still, when I watch it and these things pop up, the title cards telling you about, wait, what? Case dismissed for lack of proper, proper evidence. Angie Boca received a suspended sentence for unspecified misdemeanor. Lou Boca received a reduced sentence. Devereaux served four years in a federal penitentiary for conspiracy and Charnier was never caught. Papa and Cloudy were transferred out of the narcotics division and reassigned. And you are left, Fuck. what? Did he shoot him? Did he get shot? What happened? So we get a second film. I won't say. I think we should maybe do it at some point on here. Uh, it is an interesting film. It's, I don't think it's anywhere near the caliber of this movie, but it is a good. it does have some good stuff in it. And you do see Charnier again, and you do see Popeye again. But... Better fucking... But this yeah. ending is so ballsy and so unsatisfying to so many people, including yourself. Yeah. So state your case. It was... Ch- <laughs> I thought I thought I still had a whole bunch of movie left. I thought this was the beginning of the climax. This could be a three-hour film. It could be, and I was really surprised it wasn't. But then, not only that, but nobody fucking wins. Like, you know, the criminals all get, like, a suspended sentence or they get away, and Popeye and Cloudy are fucking reassigned. Like, everyone lost. And <laughs> there's no victory here, and that's really infuriating. Extremely infuriating. Yeah. Oh my god. I like. I kind of like that feeling. Yeah. Because it's so so different, and I really like the ending. As far as I don't, I don't know quite how I feel about the title cards and about that shot, but I fucking love Cloudy looking at him like, "What are you doing?" And he reloads his gun, and it's just this like, it's it's it, it's so much about the journey and not the destination. He's Ahab. Charnay is his white whale. Yeah, this yeah. is never going to stop. Yeah, exactly. That's really what the movie is about, is about just two guys, they kind of need each other. It's kind of like the Joker and Batman. It's just like, we got, we kind of need each other to keep living our own lives, you know, to like keep surviving. Because we we both like enjoy this so much. We don't really want to admit it, but we do. It's it's kind of fucked. But you know, that that's like what happens in a lot of cop movies. These cops like actually like... Well, that's why Doyle's constantly, you know, he's busting the, the bar... He gets off on this. Yeah. He, I think it's not about, you know, stopping the drugs from coming into the city. It's about the bust. It's about getting the bad guy. 
And no stop stopping another man from doing what he set out to do. Yeah. Illegally. Killing somebody else's journey. Yeah. It's, it's weird. He's no hero. And in this case, killing a man who was trying to kill you, Nicoli. Yeah. And then our, our man Sal Boca dies, you know, like. Dude, Popeye kills a fed. Yeah. Like, and that goes un, unpunished. Kills, really. kills like a fed who like worked with him. You know, Mulderick, this guy like drank with him. This guy like went on stakeouts with him. You know, it's just crazy. It's crazy. That went down as like a legend in the in the precinct. Like I bet Cloudy helped Doyle cover that up. Said like Charnay did it, but I think everybody kind of knew yeah. exactly what went down. But nobody would say Popeye's it loose cannon. Yeah, that's why he was reassigned a traffic or a desk job or something. But whew. <laughs> craziness, extremely man. Jesus Christ. So I give this film an eight. Solid cop drama with great, some great action sequences. And I know you... Yeah, it's 10 for me. <laughs> it's, a, it's one of the films I've written a review for on the website. And it's, a, it's in my Hall of Tens. There's only like eight of them in there or something. I just haven't written nearly enough reviews, but this is one of those I was like, we don't have one on there. I want <laughs> one on there. Uh, yeah, I adore every single sequence of this movie. I adore every bit of dialogue. I think... I think those two chase scenes are like just the Mecca, the Mecca of chase, the Mecca of cat and mouse of like, I just don't see it. I just don't see it done. Well, I feel like it should be easier than it is, but then it, you know, goes to show that it's not, it's not, you know? And like you said, this film is like using a camera on an actual stunt car. It's just, it's just unheard of stuff. You don't see. That's what freaking was the master of. Like he, he set the standard for the cop drama and for the demonic possession movie. I know. Like, in two years. In two years. That's fucking amazing. So he's just so huge for my life. Like he, for my movie life because, because of that. I, I can't, yeah, I can't give him enough praise. Love that guy. Oh, for sure. Still alive. That guy. He's, he's yep. born in like 1935. <laughs> still kicking it. Still doing his thing. And, uh, awesome, awesome. You know, two movies here that I will never, never forget. Uh, yeah, French Connection, you know, I had it, I think, third in my top five best picture wins of all time. It's one of those, yeah, it's one of those 70s movies that it's one of the very first ones I think about when I think about the 70s. Yeah. French Connection's right there. <laughs> I, I I love it so much. I implore everyone to go watch it if you haven't. It's on Hulu right now. Easy access, not that long. It's like an hour and 45 minutes, and it just doesn't fucking let up. It'll end before you know it. And the ending will be like, whoa, what? You know, it's just, it's just one of those. It just, it'll get a reaction out of you. Yes. You know? Really glad you got to get around to it. Yes, for sure. Uh, is it something you'll rewatch? Probably. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty fun. Yeah. And it's going to be a fun one to like show to somebody, you know, or yeah. Just, yeah. It's an epic movie. Just <laughs> love it. Killer, man. Well, that's all for today, listeners. Hope you enjoyed this week's freaking double feature. Don't know yet if we'll have something for you on Sunday, but if we don't, enjoy the Blair Witch Project next Wednesday. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Mm-hmm.